Good morning, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, It's Non-Negotiable for Me, with your hosts, Marissa Nicole and Alexis. <laughs> Every time I say Nicole, I like, I'm tempted to like, out you on your middle name <laughs> oh my gosh yeah I hear it and you're like little pause in your voice every single time because I'm like not used to it and then Cohen and I do Cohen Ray and Marissa Nicole so then I'm always like Alexis yeah <laughs> <laughs> but hello and welcome back I hope you guys are excited for today's episode because we are stoked yes ma'am we're doing our first happy hour episode in quite some time I want to say like two months or something it's been forever and we have no excuse and we apologize everyone we're gonna get back on our bullshit on our normal Mm -hmm. um happy hour and let's unpack that like the the good stuff in the new year we're excited for but today for happy hour we have a very special guest from my childhood and i'm so excited for everybody to meet him and especially alexis it's like my world's colliding (laughs) and i think it's gonna be so exciting so i want everyone to welcome a nice little round of applause my bestie aj hi everybody it's finally (laughs) happening it's finally happening it is well how are you like i'm i'm good i feel like I mean, I saved this little comment for us to start recording, but I feel like I've been avoiding you like the plague for like the last like <gasps> week because I didn't want to like catch up with you oh, on yeah. text message and phone calls and stuff. And I wanted to like save, you know, our conversation. Save it for the pod. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I knew it was coming up and I was like, I gotta like, I'm like, I'm only texting her about information I need and <laughs> what we're doing for the episode. Like, I'm not going to tell her what's going on so it can be like, you know. But yes, I'm here and I'm very excited. I'm so excited that you are here as well. So I will let AJ introduce himself, of course, but like my mini introduction. So AJ and I have known each other. 14, I don't even I count. 14, I was about to say count 15. the years. Wow. I was I was 16 when I met you. You were you and were, I was you were 14, I believe, because I had yeah. just started driving because I was the chauffeur for everybody. <laughs> so i was like we gotta have that one friend uh yeah i think i was like 16 or 17 so you would have been like 14 or 15 yeah yeah so we've known each other forever Mm -hmm. you've been in my life through all of my little phases Mm -hmm. and even the phases that weren't phases because it's not a phase mom it's a (laughs) lifestyle (laughs) stupid um we were sending funny pictures back and forth from like our um our what scene, scene scene days. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were in that together. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that. We were in that phase together. We went to warp tour in together. Think of it. We went to, oh, you went to warp that... tour together. Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> oh my were, god. Were you there? Is that I know we went to It was the Blackville Brides. That was and... the that was the year the okay, so it would have been warp tour like 2011 2012 when we both met jeffree star before they oh were like gosh. super fucking problematic and i found that picture <laughs> but i hate that picture so i don't even know if i'm gonna send it to you um but yeah we met jeffree star that year we met um blood on the dance floor we have pictures with yes. them they like are osiris shoes dc shoes band tees bracelets up the whole arm Uh and then on Mm -hmm. saturdays marissa would just switch over into her cheerleading outfit like it was nothing (laughs) i love that (laughs) absolutely love that. i was literally like a hannah montana life (laughs) (laughs) literally like it was so crazy the preppy cheerleader for the weekend and then during the week i was like swoopy bangs in my face don't talk to me raw xd mm-hmm. like <laughs> seriously and then friday nights is when the switch happened because we would usually go to skateland and most mm-hmm. of the times they'd be like overnight skates where we would like spend the night at the skate rink oh. and mm-hmm. it was so fun i oh my god remember when um i gauged your ears in one of the booths at the skate rink yeah, we would we would up a gauge like every other week at every other week. Yeah, you know? oh my god, just in a, a mm-hmm. dirty skate rink table, just gauging mm-hmm. my ears, just gauging each other's ears. Yeah, that was probably okay. crusty, but you know. Um, for everyone listening, we're gonna post photos of the emo yeah. days on mm-hmm. the Instagram. So please go look at those. I will share them to my personal as well. 
It was a time to be alive, okay? That was like the era of of mustaches on everything. And like, you know, it was 2012. The world was ending. We were living our best lives. Truly. And then the world, in fact, did not end. And then... (laughs) (laughs) Then we were just stuck. (laughs) We were just stuck. But like, that's definitely a a quick catch-all of at Mm -hmm. least the amount of time that AJ and I have known each other. And yeah, you've really seen me like transform and truly. vice versa, of course. But like, yeah, truly it's it's crazy. But yeah. I want everyone to get more of a feel for you, of course. So I would love for you to introduce yourself to everyone, give everybody like a nice little rundown on okay. who you are and yeah. what you do and anything important. Okay. So I am, it's so crazy to say it out loud, but I'm 30 now. So it's Ooh. like a whole nother, I just turned 30 two months ago. So it was definitely like a um, mental breakdown for me. Now I hated it. It was fucking terrible. <gasps> I was terrified. It's the dirty 30. I was terrified though. Like, but I, but I feel like I accomplished the things I wanted to accomplish. Um, to let everybody know, I bought a house with my boyfriend in June. So I'm like, Congrats. I wanted to buy a house. Thank you. I wanted to buy a house before I was 30. That was like a huge goal of mine. And I feel like it was like a big like fuck you to like everybody in my family and marissa definitely knows all the toxicity that goes on in my family like that could be a whole nother part two episode (laughs) um um but like i i feel like i was always like it was always like a one step forward three steps back type of thing my whole life so like i feel like getting Mm -hmm. to this point was such a big win for me like emotionally physically mentally just to like be in a healthy relationship that I never really got to witness my whole life because none, none of the relationships in my life were healthy, whether it was my parents, my family, anything like that. So to like be in a genuine, loving, happy relationship, buying a house, we have four cats and I will send pictures to the girls so they can show off my kitties. Um, I have four cats. Um, I am a manager in food service still. I kind of like always stayed in that realm. Like, I went to Target and Amazon for a few years, but it just wasn't for me. So I am a manager at a local place here in Rochester. I love it. I'm happy. Um, I I don't know. Like, I'm in New York now. I'm trying to, like, catch up on everything. Um, I'm in New York <laughs> now. Um, I met, met Marissa in Ohio, obviously. Um, and, yeah, it's just, like, it just feels good to be where I'm at now. And I love um, historic structures and architecture. And I've always been like a nerd about those kind of things. Like even in our scene in emo days, like I was always like the weird friend that could like tell you facts about buildings and what year they were built. And like, I love nature. Like, I feel like we always have all bonded on that kind of thing. Like any type of Mm -hmm. hiking, any type of nature, New York, upstate New York has like, is home to like 9,000 waterfalls. And and we have like 10 of them just within like the city limits of Rochester. There's three 100 foot waterfalls that go down through the center of the city. So I feel like um, oh, wow. Rochester is very overlooked because it's usually like Buffalo and New York City and Niagara Falls. And like, I feel like central New York and upstate New York, western New York always kind of gets overlooked. But there's so many beautiful places here, the Finger Lakes area. Um, I feel like I just like became new and I will be very open to with this too. Cause I feel like I haven't really had this conversation with Marissa as well, but growing up with Marissa, Marissa knew me as Alec and um, that's like my real birth name and everything. And a couple years ago I went through a really bad um, physically abusive and mentally abusive relationship. And I finally like put my foot down with that, got rid of that and, um, got rid of the toxicity with my mother and started going to therapy and I just really yeah yay therapy yeah we love that (laughs) yay therapy (laughs) (laughs) um but I really wanted to like take control of my life in a physical way not just a spiritual mental way and Mm -hmm. I just always had a lot of negative things attached to my old name and people using my name in a negative way and things like that so I just really kind of wanted to have, like, give myself, like, a resurgence, a little reset, if you will, like, a little factory reset, and it's just my initials, but now I go by AJ, and being in Rochester, it's so strange to me still sometimes, because, like, 
everyone here only knows me as AJ. And mm-hmm. it's it's it took a lot of time even for myself to just get used to that. Um, but I definitely want to touch base on that because, like, literally the first 14 out of 15 years I knew Marissa, she knew me as Alex. So I wanted to touch base oh, on yeah. that a little bit too. But I love that. I think it's powerful and it's important and all that matters is that it makes you happy and Mm -hmm. the people who love you and support you will support that like you've never told me why but I've noticed on all social media and all you did was send me one text message and like bada boom bada bam that's what it is Mm -hmm. like no questions it's just yeah and and it's beautiful though and I think that being able to take the reins in that way is good and it's kind of funny at least in my perspective of like you really you really can just fucking change your name like mm-hmm. <laughs> you can just do whatever the fuck you want to yes. and I think about it with girls of like typically something like that happens and they want to like dye their hair and cut it all off and do all these things and then it's like you can just change your name like yeah. take it one step further Literally. like <laughs> like, it's, like it's free like you don't need to legally do it like yeah. I didn't I didn't legally do it and spend all the money for social security card and ID and stuff like that but like just like seeing the name that I chose just to like move forward with my life um on like an email and on social media and like mm-hmm. a little like weird simpy moment like that note you wrote to me when you sent me the little espresso cups I carry in my wallet because you were the first person to ever physically write my new name on a piece of paper and it's on the Aww. front it's on the front of that note and it's in my wallet every day like and it was <laughs> just so special to me and it was just like so easy you know like it was so easy for you, someone that's been in my life for over a decade to just like, okay, that's it. That's all, you know, like it didn't need to be a thing. And it just, yeah. it was an instant thing, you know? So it was just really special to me when I had like, I had it in writing. It was the first time it had ever been written down. So I carry it with me every day. Well, that's because in a simpy moment, like you are special. You're special I know. To me. You've always been like my little sister. And I, I think that's why I was like, really wanted to be on this podcast too because once I like started following Alexis on Instagram like you guys have so many like similar like energies and like bases with each other like it it like meeting Alexis as a new person in like your life and like my life on social media like she reminds me so much of you like watching you grow up and it just like it's just like wholesome to me I don't know that's like I know I kind of skipped ahead a little bit but like that's what it is like when I first met Marissa like it was such a dark time in like our adolescent life and stuff and I think that's like why we held on to each other for so long because it's just like Marissa was like this like ball of sunshine in this like terrible dark place in central Ohio like Marissa wasn't in a, a, a queer and safe space in Worcester like like she is in Columbus like it was it was a completely different realm for us, even though it was only like an hour away from where she got to blossom. So I think it was just like really important for all of us to just like stay linked together. Like we obviously lost a few people in our group over the years. Like, girl, that could be a fucking story. But Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) the ones that stayed like were the ones that really mattered, you know? And Mm -hmm. like, I'm I'm still friends with Ari and I'm still friends with you and I'm still friends with Melanie. And like, all the others I really haven't, like, stayed close to, but, like, you three have, like, really just, like, been there forever, you know? And we'll continue to be there. I know. I just think it's rare nowadays, though. Like, it's really rare to, like, have friends from, like, when you, like, talk about people, like, Marissa and I didn't go to the same school. Like, Mm-mm. we we met solely from going skating on the weekends, like, and Ari and Mel were the only two people that went to my school, but they were in a grade below me, so, like, and like Marissa was like three grades below me, so like <laughs> to to meet to meet someone from an entire different school, and then I started meeting your friends, and then we started like at one point there was probably like fifteen people in our friend group that we would hang out every weekend at like whoever's house we would end up at, and there was mm-hmm. like a, a core probably like six or eight of us, and at one point there was like eight different high schools represented in our friend group. And that's just, Mm -hmm. like, crazy to think about. And I feel like not a lot of people get that experience. But I also think that's what, like, 
helped me to be comfortable to like move away a lot and like experience things and go to different cities and like I think that's why you're on your journey with your school bus and like you're just comfortable just picking up and going like we were always just Mm -hmm. on the go like there was not a single moment where like I was not like planning out like our next like weekend trip to like go to Canton or go to Cleveland or like you know what I mean like it was just we we never stopped we were literally booked and busy in 2012 just for free though (laughs) We were broke and busy. Oh, yeah. We were broke and busy. Like, <laughs> and especially in Worcester, Ohio, what Truly. you had to do was go to Walmart. Like, that's oh, yeah. that was our Friday night. Literally. <laughs> I mean, you did touch on it for a hot second, so we can definitely, like, flow into it. Um, of, like, what were your first impressions? Obviously, you know me, but you mm-hmm. only know Alexis, like, virtually, and you said that we're very similar. But, like, listening to, like, the first episode that you did with, like, Alexis, like, what are your thoughts on, like, her? Yeah. Your, like, your first I, impressions? Like, I just, I don't know. Like, it, it just reminded me, like, I could just tell from the second, like, without even, like, talking to you, Marissa, about Alexis, it was just, like, I could tell how genuine the friendship was and how, like, wholesome it was just by, like, your pictures together and your stories and stuff. And, like, I've obviously, like, listened to almost every single episode, too. And it's just, like, your guys' connection together is just, like, super real. And, like, even with Alexis moving away, even with me moving away, like, I feel like it's, like, it's, like, tried and true of, like, you know, like, the friendships that are meant to be in your life, like, stay in your life, Mm -hmm. and, like, Mm -hmm. I've lived in four different states since I left Ohio, like, and, Mm -hmm. and, and Alexis just moved away to Florida, and, like, I think it just, like, really proves, like, who is supposed to be in your life and who stays in your life, because it doesn't really matter, like, with the distance, like, you know, that cliche shit or whatever, but, like, it truly doesn't matter how far apart you are from people, and, like, I feel like sometimes it even makes your bond stronger. Like, I feel like through this podcast, like, listening to episode one of this podcast and you guys, like, navigating this and, like, trying to figure it out to, like, where you are over the last couple weeks is, like, crazy to, like, notice and see and, like, how deeper your conversations have gotten. I feel like the distance has even, like, brought you guys closer. And Alexis, like I said earlier, like, is all, like, you just have always felt like this, like, ball of sunshine. Like... The little, the little, like, the little, like, farmer's market girly with the the hikes <laughs> and, you know, like, you just look, like, so fun. Like, I don't know. Like, even without meeting you physically, like, you just feel so, like, approachable and warm and just, like, happy. And it just seriously reminds me of, like, the early days of, like, meeting Marissa. It really does. Like, it's like a carbon copy to me. Oh my gosh, that is so kind. Yeah, like, I, I mean it though. Like, and I think you guys don't even like realize sometimes. Like, like I'm someone that's interconnected with you guys, but like the people that like just find your podcast randomly or find your social media re- randomly, I think you guys don't realize sometimes like how much you like touch people and like realize like what you're doing for somebody you know like you could be that little ball of sunshine that someone just like needed to see on social media that day or needed to hear on your podcast that day and I think you guys just like you guys have it you just have it that's gonna make me cry (laughs) literally I need a little tear commercial break I know (laughs) like I'm in it though like it's 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 effortless with you two and I think that's why like I just wanted to be a part of this journey so badly because I just, I know what Marissa means to me and like through the episodes and through social media, you can just tell what Alexis means to you. And it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's like a full circle moment type of thing. Like it really is like Mm -hmm. a a crossing of your universes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is like the crossover episode that like we would all wait for on Disney channel. Mm -hmm. Seriously. (laughs) Oh my God. When like, when, um, Wizards of Waverly Place went to Sweet Life. I was just thinking that exact same thing on the The cultural reset, cultural reset for sure. (laughs) And then like later in our life when scandal crossed over with how to go away with murder, that was the adult crossover. Insane. I will agree though with, um, like long distance friends, I think 
sometimes those are the strongest kind of bonds, even if you live five minutes away from someone versus someone that lives far away. I think because if you want that friendship to work, you have to put more work into it because we're not five minutes away. Like I can't just wait until I run into you at volleyball on Saturday or at the skate rink on Friday. Like I have to make time to talk to you and hang out and text you and like do all these things, which I think helps grow that relationship. So it, it kind of forces you to be more intentional, which I think you have to be intentional and vulnerable to, to make those meaningful connections with people that sometimes can be not as deep with people who might live five minutes away from you. Mm-hmm. So. For sure. And I think it's also like, a, like, yes, it takes so much more effort, but I think it's also just like, coming into my adult life and i i feel like maybe you guys will agree with this it's also like a, it's like an energy thing too like because marissa mm-hmm. and i know especially can can agree and own up to the fact that we have not stayed in touch the way that we probably wanted to but mm-hmm. at the end of the day it doesn't matter because like when you start talking again it's like instant like you just mm-hmm. click back mm-hmm. in so I think it, like we never missed a day or anything. No, seriously. Like I, I still remember that day. Like we had not seen each other in like a year or something because mind you, Marissa abandoned me in the middle of school <laughs> to, to move an hour away. I blame it on her mom, not her. It's fine. We I was love, about to say we, that wasn't my fault. <laughs> we, we, love Brenda, we love Brenda in this house. It's fine. But she moved Marissa away and I ran into her at random at the mall because it was the only mall like close to us. And my mom mm-hmm. and I were at the mall and I ran into you and we had frozen yogurt together and like touch base. And it was like the first time I had not, like seen you in like a year and a half or something. So I think little moments like that too, like, you know, like the cliche little, like the heart grows fonder type of thing. Like the longer mm-hmm. you don't see somebody. And then when you see them, it's like, it's like a burst of happiness. Yeah. I would agree. I agree. We're going to slide into the non-negotiable portion of this happy hour guest interview, I guess you can say. I don't know if we've ever called it like an interview, but of course, if you've been listening for the rest of or like our past happy hours, the gist of these episodes are to ask the same questions, but to different people, because we think it's very interesting to hear how everybody has different answers for everything and kind of putting new perspectives and new spins on things that you might not always think of. So these are like the non-negotiable portions for AJ here and Alexis can ask the first one. The first one is, what are some of the non-negotiable parts of your day or your weekend? So things that are kind of like a must for a good day. Okay. Um, Well, I like touched on this a little bit in the beginning. Well, I think it was like when I was just talking to Marissa before we started recording, but coffee is my first thing that I need. Um, I feel like it's very, it's very basic and cliche, but it's what I need. And I have not had any today because I have not left my house yet. (laughs) And I just did not have the energy to make a pot of coffee. It just was not in the cards for me today. Um, What is your coffee order? Oh, okay. So I'm a Starbucks girly, obviously. Um, Duncan, Duncan during mortgage weeks, because I really need to budget hardcore and Duncan is like half the price. (laughs) So, so we always, Justin and I always get, um, Duncan during mortgage week because it's just so cheaper. Um, my, my go-to Starbucks order, like I'm a Southern boy at heart. So like, I, I like it sweet, but I get a Trenta sweet cream cold brew with a little extra sweet cream. And then I get four pumps of white mocha and normally three pumps of brown sugar. But lately I've been doing three pumps of chestnut praline because of Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. But the white mocha and that like brown sugary flavor is one of those. Like just really goes good with the cold brew. So that's my vibe. Um, you got 11 good. pumps of syrup. No, I don't get the vanilla, baby. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't say that. I just oh, okay. Sure. Sorry. No vanilla. No vanilla. Sorry. <laughs> so just seven. And it's a Trenta. So it's seven. like 30 ounces. No, yeah. yeah. I was like, going to say the seven I, and the Trenta is fine, but yeah, 11. Like, yeah. Like I don't, you know, working at Starbucks, so there's even crazier people than that. So I do not want to be criticized. Oh, hell yeah. We don't syrup I, shame in this No, household. we are not syrup shaming in this oh. household. Like, I had people that would come in and get, like, a venti black tea with, like, 24 pumps of fucking liquid cane sugar. Like, mm-hmm. stop. We get that. Yeah. The stories, we both worked at Starbucks different times in our lives, too. So the stories we could tell about Starbucks is 
hysterically crazy. Like, and mm-hmm. it's a lot. So coffee, Starbucks. Um, I need to have time with my kitties. I have four cats. Um, my boyfriend Justino is Italian, very Italian family. Um, like I literally just did this. The little, the <laughs> the little, the little Italian <laughs> hand. I do it all the time now because of being around his mom. Um, so all of our cats are Italian names. Um, Justin adopted um, his first cat six years ago when he lived in Brooklyn. And it was like the Italian neighborhood of Brooklyn, too. So he named him Nero, which is black and Italian. Um, mm-hmm. And because he's a black kitty. And then we adopted Lucia. Um, her name was Lucy, so we changed her name to Lucia so she could be Italian, too. Um, and then we adopted this cute little baby bean. Um, she's four years old, and they think that she was uh, abused and malnourished when she was growing up. Mm-hmm. So she has teeny tiny little, like, two, three-inch legs. And Aww. both and both of our kittens are bigger than her, even though she's four. Um, oh. Her name was Lima Bean in the shelter because her eyes are the color of Lima Beans. Um, but we changed her name to Serafina because it's like the goddess of like love and protection. And we felt like we gave her the protection she needed. She was in the shelter for like two and a half years. Um, so we love her. She's everything. Um, she's super sweet, but she's very spicy. Um, she doesn't know how to keep her, her claws away when she's doing biscuits. So we, we say oh. that she makes spicy biscuits. Um, mm-hmm. And then, bloody. yeah, 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 little, yeah, little, little bloody biscuits. Uh huh. <laughs> so, and then we have our baby boy. His name, his name at the shelter was Matt the cat. So we changed his name to Matteo. So we have all four of our little Italian babies. So my time with my cats is very important to both of us um, as a couple. So we make sure that we are at home a decent amount at night to cuddle with them. So that's very important to me. Um, HGTV will be my savior forever, so I need to watch my house shows. Um, like, any form of them, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> any of them. Like, yeah, any of them. Like, I'll just scour just to find something. Like, I love house shows. We're, we're maximalist to the, like, highest degree. I love that. Oh, yeah, you would love our house. Um, our attic, I, I'm in my attic bedroom right now, but it's, like, the least done part of the house, but, like, our dining room is fuchsia. Our hallway is black. Our bedroom downstairs is baby pink. I painted oh the ceiling baby pink too. Um, our bathroom is like pink and brown and gold. Um, I painted our kitchen cabinets buttery yellow, and we have like red it. and white, red and white gingham print curtains, like picnic basket, very cottage yeah. core. Um, so we mix like a bunch of things together. Like we love like cottage corey stuff, not country. So like, don't come for me. Um, like cottage Corey stuff. We love mid-century modern stuff. We love like super hyper modern stuff, antique vintage, and we kind of just fuse it together in this beautiful marriage that is our home. So I'll give you guys some good pictures to post at the house please, too. Please, please, um, please come decorate my I, house. Yes, I got you. I we we love it so much. Um, I feel like it's like a rite of passage for a gay couple to just like know how to decorate and be good at it. You know, like. At least one of you guys has to, yes. Yes. But if there's two of you, like, even better. (laughs) Even better. Like, it's like a match made in heaven. And we love all the same (laughs) things, too. So it's just perfect. Um, Another show that I have to watch, like, every week is Real Housewives. Um, Any franchise, really. Salt Lake City is my favorite. Um, I just love watching rich white women be miserable. I think it's like, <laughs> I think it's like the the best thing that I ever get to witness on television. Like they have so much fucking money, they don't even know what to do with it. Yet they're still like depressed and anxious and like pissed off and like don't know what to do with their emotions. And it's just, it's mm-hmm. it's just TV gold. Like it's just so good. Like I'm obsessed. And then like on the weekends, Justin. So Justino, Justin, we'd call them both. Um, he is a teacher for the inner city schools of Rochester, bless his soul. Um, and he's quadlingual, so he's fluent in oh. English. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I don't know how I found him, but he's flu- <laughs> he's fluent in English, fr- um, English, Spanish, Portuguese, and Italian. So he teaches oh. all the little bilingual Spanish-speaking students how to speak English for the first time. So he'll teach them lessons in Spanish and then, like, try to teach them in English and, like, they go on to teach their parents how to speak English for the first time. So it's like, Aww. it's like a generational wealth thing. So he really carries it close to his heart. So wow. 
So um, yeah, so he's off on the weekends. So on the weekends, a non-negotiable is nature of some kind. Like it has to be something. Like whether it's a walk on like flat ground, whether it's like a get into the mud hike, something waterfall, anything naturey. It's it's a must for us at least once a week. It's both of our like boost of serotonin to kind of like check back into life when we're like going through a rough work week mm-hmm. and then thrift. it's your reset yes it's our reset for sure and and thrifting tossed into there too like when you guys see pictures of our house it, it's it, it probably would look to like the normal person that like we're rich and loaded but like it's just like champagne lifestyle on a lemonade budget like it's mm-hmm. it's it truly is like it's just like it's bougie on a budget for sure so those are like my daily and weekend non-negotiables for sure. I love it. Sounds like the dream life. I mean, coffee, cats, thrifting, nature. There's nothing wrong with any of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really love it. So with, obviously you have a wonderful boyfriend whom we all love very much, mm-hmm. but taking you back into your dating life, mm-hmm. into, you know, dating apps, maybe anything. Mm-hmm. What are your non-negotiables when you are swiping or when you're on a date of like things that you want your partner to have slash like red flags? Like, right. I see this, I'm running the other way. Right. Okay. So red flags running the other way, no job, no car, um asking for money like all of all of the things i feel like all of my red flags that i gained in my life are from my mother like and she is just so beyond naive and just doesn't like she couldn't see a punch coming if it was coming straight for her face type of shit so it's (laughs) i i feel like i learned all of my red flags from her like i counted the other day like this will just truly prove like how fucked up my childhood was and why I was always at Marissa and Brenda's house on the weekends because my mother had 18 different men around me from the time I was five until I graduated. 13 years of my life, I had 18 different men. Five of them were marriages and five of them ended in divorce. So just to give Alexis a little tidbit of what I went through, that's why Marissa and I were so close. That's why Marissa's mom was like a second mother to me. Like Marissa's mom probably fed me more on the weekends than my actual mother did. Like we stayed running that fucking Domino's baby, the fucking bread bowls, the pasta (laughs) bread bowls, the pasta bread bowls at Domino's. Like your mom stayed getting delivery for Domino's for us. Like, Yes. She she always made sure we I was fed. Yes, <laughs> like she made sure like Marissa's mom made sure I was fed. She made sure I had a comfortable bed to sleep in. Like if I just needed to get away, there was multiple times in the middle of the night where like I would call Marissa at like eleven or midnight, and I lived like a half an hour away from Marissa. So I would like call her like crying, pissed off, didn't want to be at home. There was another man in the house, and I'd be like, "Can I come over?" And Marissa's mom was like, "Yes, duh." like mm-hmm. get over here so it mm-hmm. was very like a, a like my friends i think that i kept around from high school were the ones were like big safety nets for me like i stayed at aries house a lot i stayed at melanie's house a lot mm-hmm. i stayed at your house a lot like the three core people and their mothers were so protective and loving of me that i i think that's why i held on to the relationships with you guys too like it was just like it was comfort attached to you guys so sorry got off track a little bit but (laughs) some more red flags um obviously like we can accept some things but morally we cannot accept anything like politically that does not fit into my life um morally that does not Mm -hmm. fit into my life so um trump supporters obviously buy um cigarettes i used to be a smoker so like the smell now is like one of the fucking most disgusting worst things for me in my entire existence so i i can't i can't do it um and like racism homophobia um especially in the gay community and like we can touch base on this with cohen later too but like there's a lot of transphobia in the community and Mm -hmm. it's even more gross than it is coming from a straight person in my opinion because they're just mm-hmm. un- they're just uneducated and fucking ignorant and stupid. Like it doesn't hurt any less, but there's a lot of internalized homophobia and transphobia in the queer community. So, I think that's like that sums up like red flags for me for sure. Are there any good flags? What are you looking for? Obviously, mm. what, what are the qualities that Justino has? 
Mm. Uh, I just love him. Um, he just <laughs> <laughs> he is just like he is just love in a body. Like he just like he knows what to say at all points in times. Like I think intelligence is a huge like turn on for me. Like mm-hmm. not even like a sexual turn on. Just like you know like. It just, I don't know, like, he's just so smart and knows so much stuff. And he's, like, he lived in Italy for two years. And he lived in New York City for two years. And, like, he's he's just... cultured. Yes, he's, like, cultured and well-traveled and, like, knows all these different foreign languages and foreign foods. And he just loves a lot of the things that I love, like house shows and housewives and nature and, like, all these things. Like, I think once I met him, like, and we both say this, too, like, once I met him, we just knew like like he left my house from the first time we like met and he like changed my contact to like babe and like we were just it and like and he's just it to me and anyone that doesn't like know me or follow me on social media like we bought this house together being together at seven months so like I mean, most most people Cohen and be- i bought our bus and we weren't even dating <laughs> yeah, literally so I, I, miss- I think it's just like a rite of passage in the queer community so like you have to just u-haul immediately <laughs> it's so queer coded like it's so fucking queer coded to just like oh moving in but like i mean oh our first date lasted four days oh right, literally like oops you spent the night the first time we met <laughs> And not even, like, sexually. It's just, like, no, the, like, the company is just so great. And it's, like, wow. Yes. And when you know, you know. You really do. But yes. it's just notorious in the queer community to, like, yes. uh, immediately have, like, a six-day-long first date. And then you haul <laughs> that bitch and move immediately <laughs> in together. <laughs> it really is. Oh, my God. Well, I cannot wait to meet Justino himself. I know. He's the best. Okay, so you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I'm curious mm-hmm. what you want to say about, like, your non-negotiables in friendship or with mm. setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of my friendship boundaries were obviously created by my parents. Um, touched base on my mom a lot, but my dad was a super big alcoholic. Um, he was my sexual abuser um he was my sister's sexual abuser like just was the worst type of human ever to fucking exist um and so like like i said like i'm an open book like i will answer anything i will talk about anything i really don't care i think that's why i've gotten to the place i have mentally and why i'm able to put up boundaries so like heavy drinking is a big red flag and boundary for my friendships I just physically cannot be around it. Like, I socially mm-hmm. drink. We'll have a drink here or there. Um, but, like, if you're, like, a, a weekend going out or every night getting fucking blacked out drunk, like, I just can't. I can't support that behavior from what I've been through. Like, that's your mm-hmm. own tea. Like, if you want to do it, good for you. Like, whatever, like, fits your life at this time. We've all been through those times. But, like, that's just not for me right now. And I think that's, like, mm-hmm. a big thing that, like you could have been that person that you're putting up a boundary to right now. And I think that's Mm. normal. I think it has to be normalized more to realize that like, that's the biggest boundary to put boundaries up to who you used to be. And Mm -hmm. it's okay to be those people and it fits in your life at certain times, but you have to like understand what is working for you in that moment. So I was definitely a heavy drinker because of my father, but now I don't want to be around it because of my father. So it's kind of like, you know, like a double thing. Um, mm-hmm. Gaslighting and narcissism, like, no. Like, I, I just can't. Bye. I just, like, I just can't do it. Um, like, I refuse to live on Gaslight Lane. Like, I'm not I'm not letting people, like, I got gaslit my whole life on my family, so I'm definitely not going to be letting new friends, especially, or old friends even more so, like, treat me that way. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like... I already touched on that, like, no accountability. Sorry, I have, like, some notes in front of me because I needed to keep my brain, like, racked together over here. Um, I love it. um, Serial daters, I feel like, is a big thing in friendships that I don't really want to be around. Like, someone, I think it just reminds me of my mother, honestly, if I'm going to be honest, and it kind of just triggers me and gives me PTSD from, like, just feeling like you need a partner or need a man and you're just so naive to all these red flags and you're just like you go back to a lot of your exes or you 
are constantly dating somebody like you broke up with somebody last fucking week why do you have a boyfriend again like you're weird like i just think that's <laughs> so i think it's so weird to me like there's but like no... you said everybody goes through these phases yes, and if you're in that yes. phase in your life right now that's great that's do whatever great. is floating your boat in that yes. moment and then you like everybody grows at different rates everybody's on different pages <sighs> so there's like inherently nothing wrong no these with, are just like, my dating people. personal things oh, yes yeah yeah and i think that's what's also important is like when when we do this happy hour it's the point of like hearing different perspectives mm-hmm. and just realizing that everybody's been through different things and everybody is coming like to a friendship or to a relationship or even just to this podcast obviously with mm-hmm. their own baggage and yes. kind of like that nice reminder of like you don't know what anybody's gone through and like yeah. why they might think a certain way or why they might have a boundary in place or why they don't want friends who drink instead yeah. of it just being like I don't understand what the big deal is and just giving people grace and like choosing curiosity so there's never like bad or good it's just at what stage you are in your life and what's working for you and it's allowed to be different from other people. It, it's just more like realizing that different people have different things going on. Absolutely. And I think that's like important. Yeah. And like, it's okay to set, like you said, like the growth part of like, I could have been there at one point, but it's okay. And I'm allowing myself to set that boundary with what my past self was like. That's okay too. And I think it's a huge step to be able to look back and be like, I was there. I acknowledge that. And this is where I am now. And moving on and growing from that is huge yeah i think that's the biggest we take love you growth can, yes like we love growth and i think that like you can really take a lot from your past self like mm-hmm. you really you really can dive into those even if they're dark places and times of your life you can really gain a lot of knowledge and like not saying too that like all of those dark times any of us went through like that's why we are the reason we are like who we are the people we are now and mm-hmm. I I think it was from not Allison's episode who Tori's on Tori's happy mm. hour episode she talked about that everything happens for a reason and she spoke so positively about it and was like so energetic about that like that quote just being like the thing for her life and it like it set in me like a crazy feeling because it's so opposite to me that like my mom would use that saying to like cover up all these bad things she did and why these bad things were happening to her or to me and put this like thought in my mind of like everything happens for a reason and that's why we can reclaim that yes we can yes yes we can reclaim it make it positive but i think i'm just not at that point yet to like you know what i mean and i think that's like a, a so real thing to deal with too that like i'm just not ready to overcome that quote and I was, like, listening to the two happy hour episodes, like, over again to, like, just kind of, like, get back in the swing of things and stuff for mine. And it was, it's just so weird to, like, and it's also beautiful, too, you know, to, like, have a quote that, like, is so heartful to me, but be so loving and positive to Tori that I think it was Mm -hmm. just, I think that's why these happy hour episodes and questions are so cool that you guys do it to every single person because they truly can be so different. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. I love it too. And I think I obviously we've known each other for again 15 years. Like a lot Mm -hmm. of this episode has been talking about the past because Mm -hmm. the past is so important and it's brought us to where we are now and who we are now. I think that's like I think the key takeaway of like this episode Mm -hmm. which I love. So I'm curious the last non-negotiable question that we have is like what is a non-negotiable that you have learned from your past and Mm -hmm. how or why did you learn it? So we had some like I think Tori's was like, I always have duct tape because I don't know, some spiders Mm -hmm. or cockroaches were coming in her dorm. Mm -hmm. So it can be something silly Mm -hmm. or it could be something like just something that you learned from your past and like why you learned it. Yeah. So mine's not going to be a physical thing. I, this was the one question that I struggled with the most. Um, It Mm -hmm. really took, yeah. And I, I think, I don't know why, but I, I went to, I went to the mental side of things of what I took mm-hmm. to my past, not just, like, physical things. Like, I just didn't have anything physical that I, like, carry with me or make sure I have. Maybe that's bad. I don't know. No, um, that's okay. <laughs> um, but another thing that, like, my mother used to say, and it's gotten me in a lot of shitty positions with relationships, friendships, jobs, career movements, things like that, was that she always would tell me to trust people until they prove you wrong. 
And I'm sure the normal person would be like, okay, that's cute. But <laughs> it's cute. <laughs> it, it's just <laughs> it's just gotten me in so many shitty positions that I hate it now. And I feel like I definitely gained a lot of like longtime friendships from that quote. But I think like now the phase in my life is just that like you can't trust everybody. And I I I've witnessed so many times over and over again how that way of life that my mother lives has hurt her and hurt other people close to her, like myself and my sister. And I think it's just like a thing that I really had to set a boundary with also. And like, yes, it just may be mm-hmm. like a quote and maybe just like a lifestyle type of thing that my mom like taught me, but like, I can't trust people like I used to. And it's not to a like way where like, I'm not going to let any new friends in my life or new people in my life. Like, I've I've met a friend here, and her name's Skylar. Shout out to her. She's definitely going to listen, because I got her to listen to you guys' episodes before. Um, oh, hi, Skylar. But, yes, but she's an angel. <laughs> she's an angel, and she's one of the people that, like, I am glad that I still have in me to trust people, but it just takes time for me to now. Like, you know me, old me. Like, we met at, like, a new little strange kid at the fucking skate rink, and they'd be, like, besties, like, like oh yeah that's that's it that's all and i think now i just have to like be very careful with who i pick and like i've got to this peaceful time in my life so i need to make sure that like i'm letting people in that deserve to be in not just because i want the space filled you know and that's something Mm -hmm. i've been really struggling with since i came to rochester because my boyfriend grew up here so a lot of my friends that i consider friends are his friends. Skylar is the one person that I've met on my own here. And Mm -hmm. I think it really just like, I struggle with it a lot. Like, you know how many people I usually keep around me. And I think it really struggled with me to like, make me feel alone. And it created a lot of real conversations between Justino and I too, because I didn't want to make him feel like he was making me feel alone. I didn't want to make him feel like he wasn't enough. And Mm -hmm. I didn't want to make myself feel like I wasn't enough. So I think it was like a very layered thing of like trusting people and making sure that like I knew I had good people around me and it didn't matter what the quantity was. It mattered what the quality was. And I think that was like a big major switch that happened from like my adolescence to my adult years was that Mm -hmm. I wanted quantity to make up for the quality. And now I want the quality to make up for the spaces yeah yeah Uh, very valid and i think you touched on obviously like that quote-unquote piece of advice or like a quote that your mom had said obviously Mm -hmm. that like doesn't ring true anymore so the next question that we also Mm -hmm. have is like what is the best piece of advice that you've been given and like who gave it to you or how you got it and like how does it help you yeah so um this one's a little sad i'll try to keep it short but um when I first started going out to like gay clubs when I was like 18 and Marissa definitely knows there was fucking none near us so it was like it was like an hour and a half away from Worcester it was like North Akron um Mm -hmm. and it was the Annabelle nightclub first gay club I've ever been in first drag queen ever seen it was my first queer experience ever um and there was this man his name was Steven he was a um, famous drag queen in Akron had all of his little children that he would look after. Um, his drag name was Serena Hunter. So we were the Hunter family and he was like a published author and he would write these books about us. And we were all different, like little animals in his like stories and stuff. And it was just like very wholesome to me as well, because I didn't have that with my mother and my father. So he was like my mother and my father put into one body, like, his, mm-hmm. his his energy and the way he spoke and everything was different, whether he was in drag or whether he was just out of drag, Stephen. So, like, he was very, like, prim and proper, like, father figure when he was not in drag. And then he was, like, very loving, loving protective, happy mother when he was, like, up in drag. And I think that's a big conversation that doesn't happen a lot, too, with um, queer spaces and stuff, too. Like, drag queens are, like, very much two entities, and mm-hmm. um, 
one thing that stuck with me with him, I was just like new on the queer scene, letting fucking all these boys just fucking destroy me mentally. I was that was definitely my serial dater phase of dating all these boys. It's the first time I'd ever been like really like shown gay men before so like i was just like oh my god this is everything what the fuck like i've never seen this before what is happening um Mm -hmm. so the main thing that he told me that has just stuck with me forever was that you need to realize your worth and you need to demand 10 times that and period like literally like it's just it's something that stuck with me forever and ever of like just knowing what you're worth whether you believe it or not and like that's like how he presented it like you may not see how much you're worth but i see how much you're worth so you need to realize what you're worth whether it's small or anything and then you demand 10 times that because that's going to get you to a point where you're going to set boundaries you're going to protect your heart you're going to protect yourself from bad friends scary situations like in the club scene and stuff like that like that's a whole nother scene you know and Mm -hmm. I think it's just something that, like, really, really stuck to me that, like, even on my weakest days, that quote still just, like, sticks with me because it's just something that's so true and, like, takes so much effort to get to that, like, you have to realize what you're worth and Mm -hmm. you have to make sure that you're letting people in that deserve to be in your space, not just to fill that space. I love that and I think that what you just said I have heard from you this entire episode like from the very start of when you were talking I was like wow he really like loves himself enough to know what he deserves in Uh life and I think that that was like a perfect what's the word I'm looking for synopsis yeah of everything (laughs) that you said and everything that you've shared about yourself like that that's shining through you and what you do Uh which is really cool. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Especially from someone that like doesn't like know me besides social media. I think it's even more special. Like, and those social media friends too, like you need to hold them close too because they notice the qualities and signs of you as a person more than someone sometimes in person does because they're seeing you like at your happiest moments. And Mm -hmm. I was about to to say my followers are the ones like if I don't post a vlog for a week I have like 50 dms being like are you okay what's what's going on do you want to talk about anything they're the people who reach out to me not that like Alexis does it but like there's friends like obviously quote-unquote real physical friends in front of me who don't notice that something's going on but like my subscribers like they notice that shit if I'm not posting on Instagram are you okay if I'm not on YouTube are you okay and I'm like damn I love (laughs) y'all. And that's not to say, too, that, like, I love that you've picked up on this, like, growth phase that I'm in right now, Alexis, and, like, how far I've come. But, like, it's definitely not to say that, like, I was a total fucking shit show as a teenager in my 20s. We were teenage dirtbags. Yes. Like, teenage (laughs) fucking dirtbags. Like, I had, like... Everything that I am today and everything that anyone feels in this episode, especially you two, obviously, but, like, anyone listening, like, girl, you can fucking come, like, overcome all the shit. Like, all the shit that I've been through, like, Marissa knows especially, I've probably only scratched, like, the surface of, like, what Mm -hmm. I've been through in my life. And we got the like intro not even this isn't like chapter one this is like the beginning of like here's yes. a rundown on what the book's gonna be about this is the this introduction <laughs> like this is the introduction of the shit platter that life has delivered to me so like it took a lot of fucking work for me to get to this place like mm-hmm. it i didn't i definitely didn't used to speak so eloquently and carry myself the way i do and do all these things like and it's so funny too because i was just like talking shit about it but like it it's giving like everything happens for a reason and i hate it but (laughs) i just wish there wasn't like i wish there wasn't like negative energy attached to that but like it truly is like i would not be here today if it weren't for everything that has happened to me well then give us give us a better quote that one's not it's not doing it for us you know what is your notable quotable because we end all of our episodes with a a good quote i want to hear what you got okay so my notable quotable and i feel like this is going to stick with you guys and it makes me really happy and like i i feel like it's going to be something that you guys are going to like keep to yourself too 
and this goes for like podcasts, living situations, anything like that. But my notable quotable is being comfortable will never equal successful. Mm. And and that's a it's a very deep, like multi-layered quote for sure. But I think that I carry that with me the most out of anything else because if you're comfortable in your routine, in your job, in your career, in your friendships, in your relationship, anything like that, you're just noticing that like the same things are happening every day. Like whether it's negative or whether it's even just like positive. But like being comfortable in something will never equal you being successful in life in my opinion. And that's just like to like the, the lower level degree of like, you know, if you're just doing the same shit every day and doing the same routine every day and like not like spicing up your life and spicing up your energy and like making sure that you're doing things to like give you serotonin and give you like a boost of energy or a reset, I feel like it's just never going to get you to where you belong or where you want to be. And I, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on this and like how you took that because I know that it can be taken probably like 10 different ways. I like it. I love the idea of like being comfortable and being uncomfortable kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I always think of it like people have this option of you can choose the safe, comfortable thing and there's nothing wrong with that. If that's like the life you want to live of no pressure, none of that, just to feel that safety. Or you can choose like to step outside, be uncomfortable and push yourself and that's where growth comes from mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. so i do really like that quote. i there's like a spin-off of that that i've said multiple times of like get comfortable with being uncomfortable mm-hmm. like yeah like beautiful things happen when you are uncomfortable and that's where yeah you just said a growth happens that's where you learn something new like if you just stay in your little comfortable box mm-hmm. you're there's there's a whole world out there that like it is uncomfortable Mm-hmm. but like that's the beauty in it like obviously nobody's done or like you might not have done something before and if you could probably think back to something that you've tried for the first time you're like wow that was so fun but like if you stayed comfortable you wouldn't have done that and yeah. you wouldn't have had that great experience mm-hmm. if you chose the comfortable route every with every decision like the old marissa i knew would never be prepping a bus to travel across the country Never. Oh yeah, no, not not two thousand twelve Marissa. And, no. and that's like and that's like successful, you know? Like success can be taken in so many different ways and so many different versions. Like it's, it's not whatever like, it means to you. Yes, like it's not like it's a it's not like it's a promotion or it doesn't have to be a promotion and it doesn't have to be like a car or a house or anything like that. Like it just has to be something success to me is like what feeds your life like what makes you happy and what, what sets just, your like, soul on fire yes like what sets your soul on fire what fills your cup that's mm-hmm. success to me and i think as a society they mm-hmm. teach us a lot that like success is money and like it's, mm-hmm. it has nothing to fucking do with money fuck money i wish money didn't exist so mm-hmm. like i think success needs to be taken and twisted a little bit to like really prove to people what success is it doesn't mean that it's a diploma it doesn't mean that it's um a a piece of paper that says you know how to do something from college and like i know you guys both took that route but that doesn't mean that that's everybody else's route you know and i Mm -hmm. think it's success just just needs to be shifted a little bit it's not it's not linear it's not the same thing for everyone and i think we need to make sure that like as a society and as like are you guys still millennials i'm not <gasps> she's yeah she was born she's also, younger than what me are you are you you're like on the cusp right are i'm you? a 96 so i'm like a zillennial like that's like Whoa. the cusp of millennial and gen z I but alexis is a gen z okay but like power to the people you know like i feel like <laughs> millennials especially like we took on a lot of shit from our parents and a lot of things oh, to fucking yeah. fix so I feel like us as myself as millennials and the the Gen Z the Gen Z group is so passionate and loving and like just wants to be fucking radical and I love it. I just think it needs to be filtered a little bit. That's in right. my opinion, I think it just needs to be filtered. And I think it's just that little twist of like making sure we're not being so traditional and making sure that we're like changing shit for the better without like doing it too quickly. Because I feel like sometimes 
what we try to do as millennials and Gen Z, we, we're trying to, like, overcome all the shit from, like, 50 years ago in, like, a one-year period. And I feel like it's not it's not that. It's so deeper than that, you know? And I think it's just it's just tweaking those things that, like, our parents taught us and, like, making sure mm-hmm. that the people after us live a good life. Because I don't know if we're necessarily going to get to, get to that point before the end of our lifetime. But we need to make sure that, like, we're leaving it better for the next people, you know? Yeah. I love it. And I, I think everyone can agree, including like Alexis and I, that you have brought a lot to the table for this episode. And oh, yeah. definitely a lot of little nuggets, a lot of life lessons, a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of just a lot of stuff, which is great. And that's whole again the whole point of this whole happy hour series. So thank you so much for sharing your life with us and being so vulnerable and mm. authentic and letting your light shine and just being a little ray of sunshine in your own way so we appreciate it and i love you so very much but i appreciate you you coming on and being here and chatting with us yeah i'm just i'm really grateful to meet alexis too so i'm just i'm i'm just full of happiness right now i love it we'll have to bring you back for like a a topic episode but we definitely Mm -hmm. wanted you on for happy hour but we'll bring you back to like chat about some some good stuff of course absolutely well, I just want to say thank you for like being on here. I think this is the perfect episode to re jumpstart our happy hours. Like, I think this mm-hmm. is the perfect re kick to get back into them. And it was so much fun. I hope that someday we can all get together in person. I would love oh, to yes. come to New York. I think that would be fun. But we do need yes. to have yes. you back on. Um, of course. And yeah, I guess I will end it there. So, everyone, thank you for listening. Um, I hope that you could grab some beautiful little nuggets of knowledge from this. And thanks to AJ for being here. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye.